Providing insight into healthcare from a multidisciplinary approach, this is the Fostering Wellness Podcast. I'm registered massage therapist Matt Wells, a rehab professional, joined by my co-host, Joel Foster, a psychotherapist and mental health professional. Let's get better together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fostering Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Foster, and I'm joined with my co-host, Matthew Wells. What's up, folks? And we are excited to be doing another episode here talking about some positive stories. For a change. For a change. (laughs) It's no more doom and gloom. We're going to get away from it. For this episode. uh, We did a little bit of cringe last episode. If you like cringe, check it out. Uh, If you're looking for something more uplifting... This will be the episode for you. This is it. Yeah. Uh, So we took some time to do a little bit of research, kind of figure out uh, some stories we wanted to share. Uh, I I don't know about you, Matt, but when I was doing this, I found uh, that this was a little bit more warm and fuzzy than the previous research. Yeah, it felt (laughs) good to see positive experiences with whatever interventions we were looking up or whatever the case was just positive stories for a change rather than like searching for all this like cringe doom and gloom like there's nothing wrong with talking about that stuff and you know it is good to talk about that stuff absolutely but this is just like makes you feel good it's feel good yeah this is a feel good episode that's right new theme <laughs> to start so um i guess before we get into anything did you want to share with our listeners how life's been recently, Matt? Uh, life. Well, we were talking before this, and I was mentioning I'm kind of like weaning off of online video games. Mm-hmm. Like the I've, rage factor. The rage factor. Yeah. <laughs> um. So basically, you know, I've been playing video games pretty much my whole life. Like we both grew up with. Oh them. my goodness! Like N sixty four. Basement playing. Everything. Yeah, yeah, Smash Bros, like Mario Kart, yeah. um, all the classics. And, uh, you know, ever since online gaming really became a thing with, I guess that started with, like, the, I want to say the PS3 and Xbox 360, like... Yeah, the, the online stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah I believe yeah. so, yeah. I know for me, I had, uh, 360 was the online, I think my transition into online gaming. Yeah, I think I may have played... Uh, PS2 online at a certain point. Oh, really? It was like with a dial-up or something. Like, yeah. No, I never played... Uh... I think it was with Battlefront 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2. I played okay. that online a couple times. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know, online gaming has really taken over a lot of the gaming market. But, you know, I grew up with a lot of narrative-based games like the Final Fantasy series yeah. and stuff like that. And that's what I really enjoy and these days whenever whenever i log on to play like an online game for example battle battlefield or like rocket league yeah something it doesn't really matter what it is um i find that i end up like leaving more frustrated than when i started <laughs> and so for the whole point of video games is for me to enjoy myself and use it as kind of like a separation from you know the day-to-day life just yeah. and just sit down as like an escape yeah. and when it turns into something negative i find it kind of defe- defeats the purpose yeah. yeah so i'm taking a break from all that 
and uh, just focusing more on like offline games or like like I said last episode I got into Magic the Gathering recently yes no thanks to you <laughs> started this yes. expensive hobby yes. <laughs> um, and I will drag you further and further down <laughs> that's right that's right no I'm here for it it's, it's gonna be awesome but yeah. one of the benefits of that is you have to be in person and actually like have a connection like yeah. in person it's like face to face I know there are ways to play it online but that's more so just to practice for what I'm going to be doing face to face yeah I yep. think it's a it's a lot more it, it's a lot healthier for me at this point. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I like the emphasis that you put on that because when we were chatting earlier, I talked about how I, I haven't been taking a break from the uh, offline games, but I've been trying to focus more on the online games. But the online games that connect me with friends that say I don't spend a whole lot of time with anyway. Right. right. Maybe they're moved away or they're, you know, busy with whatever and it's harder for them to get out. So it's easier to sit down and have a few games in NHL mm-hmm. or something like that. Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some stone. Yeah, yeah. Just, just some casual fun that you can chat and have a connection. Um, we did talk about how when I'm playing online NHL by myself, yeah. Yeah. The, the rage, <laughs> the rage I get. When I lose. Yeah. It's a good thing I don't lose very often. Yeah. In NHL, <laughs> do they have like a ranking system there too? They do. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. it infinitely more frustrating. Actually, I haven't played. I broke top 10,000 in the world. Oh, and I haven't played since. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep that rank. It's not even about keeping the rank. You know, I noticed it like you that it was getting to a point where if I was losing a game, I was getting more frustrated than... You know, the enjoyment I was getting out of it. So, yeah, uh, stick to the online with friends kind of format. I guess you could say we're filthy casuals. Filthy casuals. Yep. Never heard that before, but I... <laughs> well, my friend, you need to spend more time in the Rocket League arena. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that is all you hear. Uh, they're all filthy casuals, are they? Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So, Matt, uplifting, positive, success... What do you got for us today? That was a really awkward segue. <laughs> <laughs> Frustrated. <laughs> These video games are kicking my ass. Filthy casuals. Anyways, what's uh, what's the oh, most what's, pleasant what's, thing you have for us today? Success story. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, the theme of this episode, like we were talking about before, was feel good. I know we talk about, you know, maybe like myths, misconceptions, myth busting, or like just plain edutainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if we've actually done just like a straight up success story episode. I don't think we have, or at least purely. Not like this. Not no. like this, yeah. No. So this is going to be a breath of fresh air, I think, not only for us, but for people listening. Yeah. Um, just to hear, not from experts or professionals, what's the best way to do something, but actually people who are not educated in any of this stuff going through the process and coming out on the other side that much better. Yeah. Because that can be way more powerful and can help change many people's minds or even get some people, give some people some ideas of routes to go down for treatment. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing I'm going to preface before I get into this is that, you know, this is not medical advice. What worked for this person may not work for everyone, yes. but it is a fun story. And this person was super jazzed to write this on okay. Reddit. So that's where I pulled it from. And uh, it 
does kind of confirm some of my biases <laughs> <laughs> in treatment. Yeah, that didn't affect your decision. That didn't at affect. All. No, not at all. Um, and the other thing I'm going to preface this story with is uh, there's going to be some strong language, but in okay. a fun way. So if that offends anybody. Feel free not to listen. Sure. Turn, turn this off now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. The story that I pulled, this person labeled it as a much-needed fucking sciatica success story. <laughs> so, this individual uh, wanted to share this uh, in their words because they see so many countless horror stories of chronic low back injuries and spinal issues where people are like laying down paralyzed in bed chock full of like painkillers mm-hmm. dr- maybe drug addiction is playing a part in that too because of the pain um without any clear solution in sight so this person wanted to paint a better picture of mm-hmm. what can happen with low back pain treatment okay pretty admirable yeah i, I like say. it yeah so uh they say that uh, if a single person reads the success story and feels better they'll be happy mm. great so now I'm hoping to share this starting, with as many starting people. Out, starting out on a good... At least you've read it now. That's right. I read it. Um, so they themselves say this isn't medical advice, but here's their own experience. Uh, all right. So a bit of backstory on this person. What they share is that uh, they injured their lower back when they were at the gym. Uh, they were doing deadlifts. Um, they were feeling very strong, almost like Superman. Um, they were dealing with current lower back injuries and pain while they were going to the gym and they said this was going on for the past little while um they also mentioned that many of their family members also have back pain and this person was dealing with it since middle school and at this point they were i believe in high school or just out of high school okay so you know pretty young young, but had a history of back pain even through middle school and family members have it so we're seeing some sort of hereditary component possibly sure um, so basically it was a history. Yeah. Um, so this person went to the gym two days after having an acute bout of back pain. Uh, they tried to push through the pain, going pretty heavy, working out as if nothing was different. Mm-hmm. Right? No modifications, nothing like that. They said that this was the day that they had the worst back pain of all time, and it led them into what now is... Uh, probably their worst experience to date despite the fact they're dealing with pain since middle school um after the gym they went home and after about four days or so their left leg started going numb okay they started getting scary yeah really scary uh that numbness quickly turned to pain Mm -hmm. excruciating pain in their words it's the type of pain that turns superman into a crying malnourished lost nine-year-old girl okay (laughs) so The type of pain that haunts you for months after. This person's prose, their use of prose is very very good. Very, yeah, very vivid, very descriptive. Yeah. I'm liking it so far. So it got to the point where he was carried into the emergency department of a hospital and they were prescribed like very potent painkillers and anti-inflammatories. Okay. So they didn't even walk in, they were carried in. Wow. Uh, So then they didn't get any sleep throughout that entire night. They passed out at 11 a.m. the next morning. Um, and then a few days after, uh, this person found that they had significant muscle weakness in the leg that was affected, loss of sensation, uh, tingling, numbness, cramps, all this stuff. Okay. They, yeah. So because they were in emergency, they were referred to a neurosurgeon. Okay. Yep. So they went to the neurosurgeon and they were told by the neurosurgeon they needed surgery or they'd risk permanent damage, possibly like personal or 
uh, like long-term paralysis. Wow. Uh, they were prescribed a MRI, yeah. so a form of imaging. They got the MRI back, and the neurosurgeon described it as them having two minor disc herniations and a third one, which fucking exploded. A big portion of the disc material within the spine was ruptured off and pressing on the sciatic nerve. Um, and they were told that if they didn't have surgery soon, they would not heal at all, and they would have, be permanently damaged for life. Wow. Um, also scary. Yeah. So this next part is in bold from them. Well, let me tell you, and this is their words, let me tell you, this was inaccurate. I healed completely. Wow. Okay, so let's get into how that happened. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so just to sum up so far for anyone following along, um, this person had a history of back pain. Their family has a history of back pain. They were in the gym deadlifting, and after an acute bout of back pain, they decided not to make any changes in the gym. Not victim blaming, that's just like what happened yeah and they they lifted something and they had an acute bout of back pain uh that turned to numbness that went that led to them ultimately going to the emergency room where they were told that they didn't get surgery they would be permanently damaged for life yeah that's it so far so they decided not to go under undergo surgery and instead do a lengthy personal research and they found out multiple things discs heal on their own yeah Uh, spinal surgery has its own risk uh, versus reward. I can imagine. Yep. So it's not always successful. Yeah. Um, and long-term <clears throat> patients tend to not have many different healing, uh, like many different results with healing compared to just surgery alone. So people who do conservative treatment versus surgery usually pan out the same. Okay. So that's what they learned. Those are the three points. So what did this person do? They visited numerous other doctors and health experts, and they were extremely disappointed and sad at the healthcare industry. Okay. Nine out of ten people they felt did not give a shit about him, and uh, there here are some experiences that they went through. They went to a physical therapist that re-injured them with their elbow uh, during a massage. Oof. Uh, they went to an orthopedic specialist and were told that they should get vitamin B complex injections to help with nerve damage repair. Because they were told that, they went to go get blood tests to see what their levels were at, and it turns out they had above average uh, being oh. complex, so perfectly fine. Okay. Uh, then they went to, in their words, a quack who was told, <laughs> who told them that, that <laughs> uh, they don't need anything other than these special stretches that will realign their spine. Okay. None of that worked, okay. obviously. <laughs> um, so after getting really carried away and disappointed and all this stuff. Uh, they spent months with like really shitty hit and miss treatments uh eventually he found what worked for him okay and so he lays it out very cleanly what worked for him to get his back pain back uh, get his back pain uh, settled down and get him back to living like he normally was yeah this was it walking yeah so he started walking with a goal of hitting five miles per day slowly increasing that over time okay uh a miles a day yep uh normal range of motion mm-hmm like throughout the day, just scattered, moving a bit more. And strengthening, starting light, and then progressing in difficulty, meaning he didn't just stay light, he started working up to heavier weights over time. Okay. Uh, some minor stretching each day. Again, just more range of motion. And uh, that was it. That was all? Yeah. Wow. And now he's back to completely normal health, and he's stronger than he is before. Wow. He also shared some things that did not work. Okay. And all here right. is where it gets real fun. Uh, any pressure around the area of the nerve. So that's probably why he got flared up during the massage with the physical therapist that set him back and was, it put him back in bed. Sure. Um, Overcomplicating the treatments. Okay. Meaning too much medicine. 
So seeing multiple different people with multiple different answers and nothing working made him paranoid and nervous about what he was going through because nothing seemed to work, yet he was being prescribed Mm -hmm. everything. Gotcha. You know, when nothing works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you feel like you've been given the kitchen sink and nothing in it has worked from professionals, uh, that can be pretty catastrophic for a lot of people. Um, And also resting. He mentioned just resting did not do anything. In fact, it increased symptoms because of, you know, he already was starting to get some muscle atrophy from not being able to use his leg for a while because Mm. of the numbness. Um, And overexerting himself. So basically when he was going through a healing phase or like going through the healing phase there was the first little bit of that treatment cycle when he was figuring out exactly what worked for him like going back to those gentle exercises range of motion and slowly progressing those to getting harder where he was just trying to train like normal okay and that set him back a bit so he found that slow progressive exercise not just staying light not just staying easy actually getting difficult along with daily range of motion some stretching and uh, walking completely fixed it and so then after all this just fast forward he went to get a second mri and this was recent according to this post um the the disc material that was pressing on the side nerve completely diminished completely receded back into his back like nothing happened really yeah so in his words he can work he can have sex because obviously that's a big problem with a lot of people with back pain i would imagine yeah yeah uh, I can go for a walk without being afraid. I'm confident that I can lift heavy. Um, <laughs> in his words, uh, he can throw his girlfriend around, okay. <laughs> which is fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he said that during the healing phase, surround yourself with people who love you. Mm. And that was one of his biggest uh, biggest points. I like that. So that's this person's story. When, and I honestly, I love him sharing this because he gets real like personal, like raw, what worked, what didn't work why things possibly didn't work and how he was feeling. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things that, you know, speaking from a professional's mindset, um, being able to hear what person, what a person is honestly feeling when they're going through pain Mm -hmm. is incredibly valuable because most times we aren't really hearing that. Yeah. Right. We just see a problem and we're looking to fix it. Yeah. We're not with them on the day to day, like how they're feeling both like physically, but also mentally, like how do they feel the process is going? Yeah. Um, and we can ask them that in clinic, but that could change over a couple of days. And then if we're not seeing them for a week or two or maybe longer at a time, like that can change drastically. They can go through so many ups and downs and just seeing where this person was at, what they did to get back to, uh, you know, normal. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great thing to hear, especially since it looks like he learned a lot. Like it's not a, you know, I was laughing a couple of times throughout the story, uh, but not at what he was going through obviously but it's just like all the stuff that he tried i've tried for back pain mm-hmm. all the stuff the experiences that he had i had okay. with back pain. so it was kind of you know looking in the mirror a little bit and he came out on the other side with a lot more knowledge that he wouldn't normally have and now he's better equipped to deal with this in the future if it happens and if he has a hereditary component it might yeah. to be honest like he might have back pain in the future and now he has a great grasp on what works for him what doesn't work and uh his whole experience with healthcare really paints a vivid picture for a lot of people because this isn't a rare story like the experience anyway sure yeah sure his experience I, I mean, with healthcare. His, his story is his story but 
that 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 overall experience of the disappointment the disappointment seeing everybody hearing these like horrible messages like if you don't have my specific intervention that i'm biased to give you you're going to be permanently damaged and possibly paralyzed yeah despite the fact that's not true at all no for this case for this case absolutely so it's uh yeah it can be a real eye for a lot of people i know when i was reading it i was like just genuinely enjoying the story because like i said it was looking in the mirror mm-hmm. um, but what are your thoughts on that I like it. Uh, I, I like, like you said, you know, the, the description of, of feelings and, and what the process was like and and kind of just acknowledging, you know, also that the effect that this had uh, on his day-to-day life and getting all those little things, you know, that, that back pain kind of restricts you from doing, right, uh, helps for me kind of think about, you know, back pain is back pain. Like, we, well, back pain is so many different things, mm-hmm. right? So someone says, oh, I got back pain. It's like, oh, okay, well, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. You know, I, I have some back pain, right? My lower back, you know, I get worked on in my lower back because I got back pain. Right. Now, it doesn't stop me from doing most of the activities. I'm still playing hockey. I'm still, you know, yeah. and, and I do my own exercise and stretch. You know, I got my own treatments, of course. But yeah. hearing what that experience is like for somebody and the the little pieces of life that are, we just take for granted, mm-hmm. right? How that affects their life, and then imagining what it was like to go and with the at least with the surgery piece, mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, you could be permanently damaged, right? You or will be. You will damaged. be permanently yeah. damaged. Yeah. Right. And and thinking about all of those things that you lose that that we take for granted that. Yeah, I imagine it was a shock, and, and I imagine it was incredibly emotional. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I really like that part of the story for sure. I mean, even thinking about like when you brought up the you will be damaged that whole yeah. piece and what would be going through your head, you know, some of the top of the things at the top of the list is I need to quit my job, yeah. uh, or I need to find a, at least a, a backup yeah. job. Um, I obviously can't go to the gym anymore, so that's a recreational activity that I clearly love is gone. Yeah. Um, can't have sex, so relationships are probably going to deteriorate. Yeah. So uh, i got to schedule this uh, surgery. I don't know when I'm going to get in the entire time until I get surgery. Clearly, there's nothing I can do, so I'm just going to be suffering till then. Yeah. Those are all awful feelings that aren't necessarily true. Yeah. So... Not only does it affect your physical health, but it affects everything else. Yep. Right? Like your mental health. Your emotional health. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about relationships, how it affects your relationships, your financial health. Yep. You have to think about getting a different job. What if you're only trained in a certain trade? You yep. know, what what do you do then if the trade is is one that's, you know, a heavy lifting trade? Mm-hmm. Right? The shocking thing to me, and I guess it shouldn't be shocking because, you know, I've seen a lot of statistics on this anyway and like studies on this, but the MRI that he was given. Yeah. Uh, from his story, it didn't seem like there was any context given to it. Like, he sat down with a neurosurgeon, they read out the results of his MRI, but they didn't tell him the percentages of how normal that is. Okay. He had to go out on his own. Uh, like I mentioned, he did his own personal research, and only on his own research did he find that disc injuries are, you know, very, you know, fairly common. Yeah. And they resolve themselves. Yeah. So, why wasn't that told to him first? Yeah. If he can find that out, and I can find that out, surely people in higher positions of power who would be operating in very invasive procedures should know that too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. Interesting to think about. Yeah. But we're not focusing on the cynical, Matt. We're that's focusing right. on the positive. And, and that's what I'm saying. I'm and giving the, this guy a props, props for his personal props research. Props to this guy. Yeah. Like, absolutely. The way he kind of like teased out his own way to treat himself and like the that effort that he went in to... Like you would have to... If he's not trained in like reading research or like looking through and disseminating that information, for him to find that out, which is evidence-based, is amazing. And yeah. if he can do it, anyone can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. Like anyone has the ability to do this. It just, you know, if you're always confused or, or unsure of where to go, like you can ask people too. Yeah. Like, hell, you can ask me. Like, email me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you some resources. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you got for us, Joel? Yeah. Okay. Um, but my, there's, there's not, not so much profane language in my, my story that I'm going to share. Um, because it comes from... I, don't, I shouldn't say because of, but um, before I share the story, I just want to give a little shout out to this this website that I found. Um, you know, I, I when I was doing my research, I came across a few things. I went on Reddit myself, and you know, one one of the things on Reddit, I had trouble finding a whole lot. I did find an interesting post on Reddit though. And I'll briefly share it. And it talked about, you know, somebody had posted, you know, I don't see a whole lot of success stories. Um, would love to hear some, whatever. And, and somebody, you know, wrote back and said, well, you might not hear it because it's kind of hard to see or notice the success when it comes to mental illness and mm-hmm. mental health. It's kind of an ongoing battle. You know what? As an aside. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I, uh, I actually find that's true with pain too and like physical like symptoms you don't you tend to like wake up you do some stuff and then throughout the day you're doing things and then you you click in towards the end of the day like wait i i just did all that and i don't (laughs) have pain yeah huh and if you're not mindful you're not aware of it it's it's kind of just but that's the idea functioning like yeah Yeah. you want that yeah yeah yeah, 100 percent you know exactly exactly right Mm -hmm. but but then you know on the flip side of that when you do notice the pain, it's harder to remember that, oh, the day before I didn't have. True. Pain, right? Same same thing with, you know, mental health. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, some days you just wake up and it's just a regular day and then the next day you could be, you know, hit hard with a, a bout of depression and then, you know, you're like, wow, geez, this is it. Yes. <laughs> this is the end. Right. Um, but recognizing that, you know, that no, there's, there's, it's kind of this ongoing process, you know. Uh, you know, you got your small success days, but maybe you don't really think about them much, or you know, you don't think of them as, as something to share. But uh, luckily, I went outside of Reddit and, and found some blogs and stuff like that. And this website that I found, it's called HeadsUpGuys.org, and we'll put that in the description of the episode if anyone's yeah. checked out. It's it's really cool. Um, so it's it's stories from men who have struggled with mental health. Well, it's more than just the stories, you know. Um, it's got you know it talks about the, what depression looks like in men, um, what some action you can take. Um, you know, it's got a little space there for you know if if you're a friend or a family member of somebody struggling, it gives you a little bit of information as well. Um, but the fo- the part that I'm focused on, it's actually called "You're Not Alone." The little link, um, and and it's really cool. And there's there's all kinds of stories there, 
And so I, you know, when I kind of had my pick of what one to do, and and I, I settled with one that it was it was a bit more of a, I guess what I would call a difficult situation with you know some trauma, depression, some loss and grief, um, so fairly complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel even standing there kind of, you know, gives that sense of, you know, you can kind of go through hell. And there's still room for success. Mm-hmm. Right? It might be tough and it might be an uphill battle, but there's still room for success. And so this this site's really nice. It lays out the story. It lays out, the, you know, they talk about their turning point for what it was, um, what really helped them. And it's kind of like bullet points. It's really cool. Um, and then it gives a little section on it, advice. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just going to read through it and kind of give... You know, because I think that it's, it's laid out so nicely. Um, I just love to share it. And for anybody who's interested, yeah, heads up, headsupguys.org. Check it out. Would recommend. Cool. Um, so um, this guy's name is Russell. So Russell shares his story uh, about depression um, and how he's, you know, uh, still fighting the fight, but how we kind of turned a corner, I guess. Um, and so he tells a little bit about himself. He's a small business owner, um, making soap, okay. which is interesting. You know what? That's a thing now. Yeah. There's a lot of like artisanal You know, it's funny. Soaps. Because I get ads like on YouTube. Have you ever seen these ads for like soap on yeah. YouTube? Like, yeah, yeah I, I get them sometimes. I'm like, what are you, what are you saying, YouTube? I know you can't smell me. Well, technology. Zuckerberg's on his freak shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to Russell. Anyway, Russell. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then he talks about how he, he that was kind of a coping mechanism for him. Um, for I guess the first trauma to describe, which is his brother's death, right, and it gets a little bit more complex than that as the story goes along, um, and so he talks about his major turning point. So he says in May of 2018, um, he had plans to end his life. Wow, um, he didn't really know what to do, uh, but he was feeling that everyone would be better off if he wasn't alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the point of, of depression he was at. Right. Um, then he talks about, you know, in 2010, so this was eight years prior, he survived a suicide attempt. Um, he, you know, he talks about how his world was fading away. He wanted to die. It was an overdose situation. Um, and it was only that he was able to metabolize what he took a little bit quicker than say the average person that he survived mm. um so that was in 2010 then he talks about in 2016 about his brother taking his own life so it wasn't just his brother oh, that's how death, his brother passed away but his brother uh, took his own life wow um and so it was a, a big shock for him obviously um but then he talks about that and how uh, what you know, had happened to him in 2010 could have been what had happened to his brother, but not only just his brother, his brother's family, right? And so then he talks about that and, and you know, what effect that had on him to see that. Uh, 
So he talks about two years after, uh, in the 2018, I found myself being eaten up by his loss and a life full of nearly every traumatic thing that can happen to a guy. He doesn't really get into much of it, but uh, he, there's previous trauma uh, leading up to the suicide attempt in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the last of his brother in 2016. Um, so he says it hit me that I didn't want to die. And this was a couple years after. Okay. Um, I just didn't want to hurt anymore. That was his goal. I didn't want to hurt anymore. In 2010, he saw that as taking his own life. Right. Right. Um, so he said, I knew I had to do something. It hit me hard um, that I could do uh, one without the other. I could get rid of the pain without having to take my life. Right. That's basically what he got to. So that was his turning point. Um, so then he talks about some of the things that really helped him. So he says admission. Uh, I knew subconsciously that I had a problem. A lot of terrible things had happened to me. But I was so afraid of letting those things define me that I was letting it define me as a, as a closed off, guarded, and generally just walled off person. Right? So he was so afraid of this depression. You know, if he admitted that he had a problem, that, that you know, he was struggling, that that was going to define him. Right. Like, oh, there, there's depressed Russell. Exactly. Right. right? And so what, his, what he realized was that it's still defining him, mm. but it's defining him in his, his what, as he describes, closed off, guarded, and a walled off person. Right. That's how it was now defining him. Almost in like a passive way, where he's not actively trying to be depressed, but just the signs and symptoms is what's portraying him as depressed. Yeah, and keeping it from everybody. Right. Right? You know, if, you know, for anybody who's struggled with depression, you know, kind of figuring out how to live your life and to, you know, if you're feeling down, you're feeling down. And that's, that's you know, you got to grit your teeth and try to get through. And if you're not mm-hmm. opening up and sharing that, then you can come off as somebody who is guarded right or more reserved or even a bit of you know a dick yeah right yeah. just because you're you're struggling and you you know you don't know how to deal with that yeah right um so then he talks about once he's accepted it um he talks about the laundry list of things that he needed to do um and it made it so much easier for him to seek help um and you know he talks about how just brushing pretty traumatic things under the rug only led to a really lumpy rug. Mm. Mm. That's a, that's a, some good imagery right there. Man, uh, these, like we need to hire these people for yeah, writing. It's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he actually wrote this himself. So I, okay. mean, I like it. Um, very lumpy rug. Anyway. Uh, so admission was the first piece. Therapy was the second piece. Um, so, you know, Russell was lucky. He talks about it. He landed on the perfect counselor the first try. Um, happens sometimes, doesn't always happen. Nice. You know, I'll admit as a counselor myself, sometimes, you know, we've talked before, you know, I can know as much as I know Mm -hmm. and do a little bit of research and try to help you as best I can. I got my basis and my research, you know, but there are people who specialize in other areas who are more familiar, maybe have some experiences like this one. Mm -hmm. This one had her own, um, her own battles with depression and suicidal thoughts right so that experience really resonated with russell yeah right and, and so not, not that i wouldn't be able to help russell but well it's like any profession well, exactly like, yeah you sometimes you have to shop around for someone that 
like works for you, unfortunately, but sure. also can be considered a positive. You know, Absolutely. many people, different skill sets, different ways of treating things. And what works for one person may not work for another person. So, you know, yeah. it might be considered a net positive. Like for you, man, you know, you, you talk about back pain. Right. You had your own back pain, you know. So that gives you that little bit of uh, extra empathy. Right. You know, it doesn't really have to be a forced empathy. It can, it's just a natural empathy of I've been there. I've done that. It's, yeah. I know what it's like. Right. So Russell talks about that. Um, and, you know, talks about how she didn't judge him. Um, and just tried to point them towards what the healthy conclusions were. Um, and so then going through therapy, learning how to deal with things in a healthy manner, makes life so much easier. The baggage gets a little bit lighter with each session until you can finally just cut the straps, dump the bag. Put things away where they go. They still exist, but it's not a mess anymore. Cool. So his experience with therapy was kind of taking all the trauma, all of the... Uh, depression, depre- depressive symptoms, and all of that, and kind of organizing it in a way, mm-hmm. right? Talking through that with someone, right? Um, the next piece he talks about is acceptance, right? Um, so what I would suggest is, you know, almost comes after admission, right? Right. You kind of admit that it's a, a thing, and then learning to accept is a, is it can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Right, especially for something that's you know chronic or something that you know was reoccurring. Right, right. Um, but he talks about how this was the most crucial thing for him, um, accepting that things happened, but I could finally acknowledge that they did and grow from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was terrified that they would define me again as a person in a bad way. I never realized that they could also define who I was as a person in a good way. Mm-hmm. Using the past to guide me through both the future in terms of processing things that might happen and in being willing to have a conversation that maybe a friend or someone I care about or hell, sometimes a complete stranger needs to have. The ability to be open and honest about my own struggles has opened a lot of doors for guys going through some stuff. That's what we're doing here. That's right. Right? Sharing these stories. Um, and so then the last piece uh, that he talked about that helped him was creating headspace. Mm-hmm. So he talks about with 38 years of trauma built up, I had no room for anything else. You know, 38 years of trauma. Yep. Um, I enjoy life so much more. I still have things that I have to deal with, but I'm in a way better place than I've been in my life. It's been so nice to go out and do things that I enjoy doing, clearing out the stuff in my head through guided meditation, clearing it all out on a hike, or even just popping on a bike ride. Um, Before, I would try to do those things and just be more miserable because I could only think about the things that were eating me up at the time. Uh, So, talking about where his head's at, you know, and I imagine that this coupled with therapy, kind of figuring some of that out, finding the place for that trauma, where it belongs, kind of recognizing it, understanding it, then when you kind of, you know, he, I'd like the imagery of going through each of the bags. You know, you come, you come with a, a saddle full of, of bags uh, dragging behind you, right? And, you know, it, to try to deal with it all at once can be so cumbersome yeah. that you kind of have to go through each piece. And, and I love that he, you know, well, I, I guess he gives the imagery of one bag and being able to finally cut the straps and let the bag loose. Mm-hmm. 
And then when you do activities like exercise or meditation or things like that, it makes it so much easier, mm -hmm. right? Then they help you get in a better headspace that kind of helps you with continued processing and, and just that kind of momentum building. Yeah. Right. Um, so then he talks about advice that he would give to other guys fighting depression. Um, so I, I really like this part and, and it's part of the reason, you know, myself getting into therapy and wanting to work with, uh, you know, men, not that I'd only work with men, but part of my motivation was the, the stigma and the, the difficulty that men had with things like depression and right. anxiety. Um, so he talked about the mindset that having feelings in general is not masculine is such a farce. Mm -hmm. When you're in the middle of this stuff, it's hard to maintain the semblance of being a quote unquote good man. Uh, my depression took over. I wasn't a good dad. I wasn't a good spouse. I definitely wasn't a good man. Telling yourself over and over that real men don't need help uh, is what leads you to being, to not being a real man. Right. Um, what you feel like is others' perceptions of you is often so off base, you don't realize it. You know who you are. What you really need to do is ask yourself is, is that the same way that people are seeing me? Uh, he said, I thought I was a good dad, spouse, person, whatever. I walled myself off so much that my daughter, this was almost brings tears to your eyes. I walled myself off so much that my daughter, who was 12 at the time, told me that she believed I didn't love her because I wouldn't interact with her. Holy shit. I was terrified of shedding my trauma onto my kids, and he said I was doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so he says, ask yourself if you're doing the same thing. Is you putting up the walls? Is you kind of blocking yourself off and not sharing and not being open? Affecting, you know, he talked and said earlier, they come off as a dick, yeah, a bit of a dickhead because you know, you kind of right or, or not a good father, like you don't yeah. have your daughter. I mean, that was like these aren't intentional things, me. like, yeah, this is just collateral damage of just what you're dealing with, yeah, yeah. But this whole idea that you gotta keep your feelings to yourself when you're not a good man, man. Up. right, exactly, yeah. right, and how that was affecting his life. Um, and then he says, because not dealing with it is also teaching them. To do the same thing in reference to his daughter. Yeah. Um, stopping that cycle is about as masculine as it gets. Giving them a better life than you uh, doesn't mean just buying them new things. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I thought that was such a great story. Yeah. And there's so many more of these. And uh, I'd certainly recommend checking them out. Yeah. Especially if you're struggling with, you know, depression yourself. And you know, the stories, it's based around, you know... Uh, men and male stories but i i would say that they're just in general good stories anyway yeah i mean anyone right. can take something from that yeah um same with the reddit posts it, regardless of like gender age or like happenstance you know just reading success stories in general paints a pretty good picture for everybody yeah um so yeah let's give it up for russell yeah yeah give it up for russell so what, what did you think matt what did you think about the story uh i thought it was you know, dealing with depression like that, I mean, the, the main thing that stands out to me is that little piece about his daughter not loving him. Mm -hmm. like, and, like, well, you mentioned before, coming off as a dick. It's like, you, you aren't a dick if you're dealing with this, but it just, that may be the perception people have of you mm -hmm. for just being that withdrawn. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's not... To me, honestly, it doesn't seem like a rare story of what he went through. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there are many people that go through that every day uh, that don't have the success that he had. So just being yeah. able to hear that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, possibly, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. or at least getting the ball rolling, like you said, um, accepting, yeah, you know, acknowledging, that yeah. kind of stuff, you know. It doesn't always... 38 years of trauma. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's... brother commits suicide and... yeah. You know, maybe because of that, there's also a hereditary component mm, of yeah, mental illness, possibly. I would imagine, yeah, yeah. But, I, would imagine. I mean, trying to overcome that yourself, I mean, to some degree, yeah, like self-efficacy is huge, but being able to just talk to somebody. Like you said, he went to therapy, and he just so happened to look into having a therapist that worked for him immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that doesn't happen for anyone who's listening, yeah, shop around. Like, shop around, get, get some ideas, like get some second opinions from other people, like see what happened for... You're not obligated. Yeah. You're not obligated to see the first person that you see. Yeah. Listen, nobody in... I hope nobody, and I would hope... Yeah, I would just hope that nobody in a healthcare profession would take it personally if you saw them and you weren't the correct fit for them. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I feel like most healthcare professionals who are working in your best interest would be more taken aback if you decided to stay with them yeah when it wasn't working for you yeah because it's not doing you any favors it's not doing them any favors and it's just not going to be a beneficial relationship for either of you yeah yeah i mean i've even taken the time to like recommend you know uh, other people or refer other people you know that i thought that well you know what there's a lot of trauma to this you know i I certainly work through that with you however i have somebody who i would deal specifically with this type of trauma yep if you'd like to see them instead I've, uh, I mean, I've got messages on social media from people looking to book in with specific problems. And if I know somebody else has a better skill set for that than I do, immediate referral. Yeah. It's not even a second. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to be so arrogant as to say, like, maybe I could help them, even though I know, I know this other person can yes, help them. Yes, exactly. It's, it's not about me. It's about the person who messaged me yeah. and what's going to get them to the place they need to get the quickest. Yeah. And the most effectively. Yeah. And, you know, and it's probably not things. me. Right? <laughs> like yeah. for, some, for some of those cases, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. For, for some people it is, some people it isn't. And that's, yeah. just, uh, that's just part of life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, with Russell, it was about that, that personal story connection, mm-hmm. right? That therapist had been through that. I find that's a really common thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. if you're seeing somebody who has had personal experience beyond anything they've learned in school with that particular issue, you'll usually have a pretty good relationship with that person therapeutically. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just human nature, too. Yeah, 100%. Right? You don't, any any health professional, I mean, there, there's there's a relationship there. Yep. Right? And, and being able to build on similar experiences is part of how you build a good relationship. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, Even if it is a therapeutic relationship. That's like the whole working model. And I'm not sure how effective these things are. I'm sure they're pretty effective. I just don't know the stats on it. But um, Alcoholics Anonymous yeah. and like veterans, uh, like support groups, like that's the whole basis of how they work. Like everybody sits in a circle or not even a circle, but in a room and tells your story. Yeah. So you can all commiserate. You all have similar experiences and you can all relate to each other. Mm-hmm. And usually those communities are very close knit with each other. Yeah. Like if you... Like, I'm sure if somebody who's in Alcoholics Anonymous saw somebody else in Alcoholics Anonymous in their support group that was, you know, maybe looking pretty rough, maybe they saw them wandering into the bar, I'm I'm sure they would go after them and be like, hey, man, you doing okay? Let's go 
because they have the same story. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and this that's you know one of the things that I I'll probably eventually get into in my career once I kind of you know get this first part figured out the transition into work itself um, is group therapy. Right. And I've come up with a few ideas and what I want to do, and I've uh, had the opportunity to be a part of group therapy. Um, Most of the therapy was around like career difficulties okay um so not not that it's not difficult but a little bit more lighthearted, i'll say right than say a, a depression group um but i've always been interested in group therapy because of that connection right you know that that you go through that shared experience and aside from the actual therapist who's there to kind of guide and and uh, you know offer what they offer um it's a therapeutic in a way just to sit down with somebody who has a similar experience. Yep. Right. And to chat and know that, you know, like for Russell, that he's, he's not alone in the world. Yeah. Well, right? uh, that even, he doesn't have to take on all of this by himself. Yeah. And going back to the sciatica story that yeah. I was talking about, that was one of the biggest complaints and biggest drawbacks he had to the healthcare uh, thing was just not feeling heard or like he wasn't heard. feeling listened yeah. to right yeah no one related to him no one like really sat down the time to like listen to him and yeah. talk to him about that and i'm willing to bet like if this particular person who does not have a name like russell but i'll <laughs> okay. call him by his username user uh itches for riches, <laughs> itches for riches. <laughs> um if he was in the the space or if he had the the current knowledge when he was going through this to uh look for people or if he knew what to look for in a healthcare professional Mm -hmm. to get that second opinion from somebody who was maybe more experienced in that more current like evidence-based then maybe he would have not had to do that self-research but the fact that he did again not taking anything away from him that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. like the fact that he managed to get there and still treat himself really yeah despite all these messages is amazing yeah 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 so, there it is. There Some it good is. Success stories. Let's give it up. Um, give it up for the people who share their story. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have your own story to share and you want to share it with us, yeah, go right ahead. Really cool. I'll probably end up in a podcast episode. To be yeah. honest. And yeah. even if you don't want it if to you, be, if you don't want it to be, <laughs> if you don't want cool it too. to be, we'd love to hear your success stories anyway. Yep. Um, just spreading some positivity and you know. Uh, letting others know that you know your pain and suffering uh, you know while it's difficult you know it's not just you yep right there's others out there who might be going through something similar that can support you exactly and uh, in the description I know I mentioned it before but I'll mention it again uh, I'll link the website that Joel mentioned headsupguys.org for anyone who's curious about like other stories or yeah. just seeking help for themselves uh, again it the website itself is catered towards men but anyone can kind of take anyone a good message have. from it absolutely yeah all right all right thanks for listening everyone and have a great day take care